0: welcome to the resilient journey podcast today we start a new 20-minute format to make the podcast easier to listen to and today i turn the reins of the podcast over to two co-founders of the resilience think tank hello everyone and welcome to episode 51 as the resilience think tank presents the resilient journey podcast i'm your host mark hoffman But today, I turn the show over to Resilience Think Tank co-founder, Lisa Jones, who interviews Milena Meneva. Their conversation, the next generation of resilience professionals. Listen as Lisa and Milena discuss how a disruption kick-started Milena's own resilient journey. The value of networking, listening to podcasts and webinars, how stepping out of your comfort zone can propel your career, and the best career advice you can receive. So let's get right to it. Lisa, over to you.
1: Hi, everyone. My name is Lisa Jones, and I'm the co-founder of the Resilience Think Tank. First of all, I want to thank Mark for allowing me to sub for him uh, on this conversation. Um, I hope I do him some justice. Uh, but we are. I'm so excited today uh, to talk to my guest, uh, Melina. Um, our topic today is about the next generation of resilience professionals. And Melina, although is, she's not new to the industry, but she is a rising star in my eyes. And I hope um, after this conversation that you'll see the same thing I see in Melina. So first, Melina, I want you to introduce yourself and just give us some, a little bit of background of who you are.
2: Hi Lisa, my name is Milena Manova, and I'm currently the Head of Business Continuity and Resilience for the EMEA region at counter Fitzgerald and BGC Partners. I'm also the co-founder of the Resilience Think Tank, along with Lisa, James and Mark. As part of my journey, I'm also on the Women in Resilience Group Committee for the Business Continuity Institute, where we empower, connect and support women in the resilience industry to become leaders and advance in their careers. I'm also on the program lead board for the review and rewrite of the good practice guidelines known as the BCI GPG and the program advisory board for the BCI World Conference taking place in November this year.
1: And Melina, first of all, I want to say that the work that you do is very vital to our industry. And now being part of that, that GPG, the good practice guidelines, something I'm also involved in. Um, It's really been a, it's been eye-opening and also very important work that we're doing to ensure that people understand what the practice of business continuity is and how resilience, the importance of resilience, and hopefully the the work that we have uh, provided will be well-received. Uh, well received. So I'm looking forward to... Um, what will come out of our work. So besides all that, let's get into the nitty gritty of why we're here. We're talking about the next generation of professionals, and we wanted to talk to you about how uh, how you got into the industry, some of the things that you you have done as far as education and, and other things that you can provide, some nuggets that we can provide our listeners who are interested. So first of all, I want to t- talk about, you know, what led you to a career in, in business continuity and resilience it's, itself?
2: I was raised in close proximity to a nuclear power plant, where I became aware of the value of monthly drills as a child, but it started with an incident at a naval base in Cyprus back in 2011. On what should have been a normal working day, turned out to be anything but normal, when a massive explosion from the naval base caused a blackout on the entire island. This severe disruption was further compounded by an acute shortage of generators in the country, which made a quick recovery extremely difficult. Many businesses, including the company I worked for, experienced continued electricity outages which lasted for more than two months after the blast and all of that in the middle of a very hot summer. I couldn't believe how unprepared organizations were for such events and the whole experience helped me to see how important resilience and preparedness is. With this incident very much at the back of my mind, I relocated to London to pursue a master's degree in risk management. It was here I first learned about business continuity as an established practice, and within a couple of years, I made my first entry into the industry, and I never looked back. I also met wonderful people who inspired me into this journey. One of them is Rina Singh. She is the chair of the BCI Women in Resilience and also the founder of the Resilience Podcast helping other professionals and organizations become resilient in a world full of disruptions. So this is shortly of how I entered the industry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, and it's, it's interesting, your, your track into the industry because most of us, or I won't say most of us, but if you talk to a lot of industry professionals, uh, the reason they are in this industry is because this was something that was assigned as an additional task. Like, this was not on their trajectory. This is what they would do <laughs> for the rest of their lives. And for you, you actually lived through something and and firsthand of of going through the power plan and all and seeing how people were unprepared. So, I think it's it is a tribute to you the fact that you saw that and saw that there was a need to um to address as you. As you moved into your career, so good job on it because I don't think I've, I I would have put two and two together as a young <laughs> as a young child. <laughs> so I I, I I like how you were able to pivot and do that. Um, so you said that you 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 went to university and you studied. What are some other things that you did as far as uh, developing your career um, as you moved through business continuity and resilience?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think learning for me is very important. I continuously strive to evolve my knowledge and obviously improve my experience. So I listen to a lot of podcasts. I watch a lot of webinars. I read a lot of case studies of uh, incidents that have happened or crisis in the past and, and just compare them to what would I have done in a similar situation. Um, I've then begun to obviously present different aspects of uh, resilience, business continuity. I uh, presenting in webinars conferences just to improve my um I guess enhance my comfort like improving in that in that front and and obviously this is something that's not in my comfort zone I always try to become better than what I was yesterday but I don't compete with anyone else so I always try to learn as much as I can and luckily being part of um, obviously institutions like the Business Continuity Institute Offers that opportunity to find out more information about the industry and connect to other professionals, so you can actually learn more and and um, as well connect with others that you can ask them questions.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I see it as, uh, you know, when I started getting involved in business continuity, I found it that I actually had a story to to share. So I I I understand your comments about you know moving outside of your comfort zone presenting at conferences that that was a heavy lift for me because i didn't think i had anything to share and the fact that i had people behind me to help me develop those things um, they saw things in me that i probably wouldn't see in myself so i I appreciate the fact that you have reached out of your comfort zone because we can only that's the only way you grow really is if if coming out of your comfort zone and doing things that may not seem uh, uh, easy (laughs) um, to do. So so now that you so again, how long have you been doing this and what are some of the skills that you think are needed uh, for a person who is a business continuity professional?
2: I officially entered uh, the field in 2017, but I have been doing risk management since 2011. So for me, it was a smooth transition. It it was not the same thing. I had the risk mind beforehand. I had obviously the, the skills of problem solving and anticipating change and, and risks and all of that. But, but essentially, what you need to do for... Um, To to improve yourself in this um, industry, you need to have very good communication skills, you need to have confidence, you need to have integrity and. Of course, self-confidence is crucial. The ability to walk into a room full of senior stakeholders and influence them to do the right thing and change behaviors is very important to realize any vision. For that, you need to be brave and be willing to go outside of your comfort zone. Past experiences also help to build your confidence to face new challenges and learn from one incident to the next, almost like stepping stones helping you to develop and strengthen a future uh, successes. But you also need to uh, understand motivation of others to be able to inspire them to strive for their best and help you achieve uh, some of your desired outcomes. So there is a, a lot of skills that I find um, are quite key for this, but a lot of them are um, relate to uh, who you are as an individual and how you can be a team player, but also be a good leader, Uh, how you can adapt to things and how you can show that empathy that your team needs or uh, the people you work with.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I, I, I like the your comment about having that self confidence because no matter how well you know information, if you don't have the confidence to share it, especially especially talking to leadership, I mean that's you need to uh, just feel like you know what you're what you're doing and and I think that's a that's definitely a good uh, skill to have. Um, those soft skills are things that can't necessarily be taught, but those are things that can be developed over time. Um, and switching our gears a little bit, so you've been in the industry for, for several years now. Um, you're, you've seen things change or stay the same. What would you say, how has our field uh, resiliency, how has that developed since you've been in the industry? And what do you see happening in the future?
2: I believe our industry is ever changing. We have information from um, the different horizon scanning reports that we receive. We can see what's on the national risk registers from the past 20 years. And we have witnessed a lot of things which were once deemed unlikely and were even laughable during crisis simulations. We have uh, in a short time witnessed natural disasters, geopolitical unrest, supply chain disruptions and shortages, pandemic and climate change crisis, which affects the way we conduct our business operations and how we respond to incidents or disruptions. So we need to build, uh, I guess, better leaders and prepare the next generation for the inevitable. Resilience is a grit, not a skill, and it is a journey. So organizations need, to, uh, need people to be more resilient. The way I see things changing is we have to be always aware of what's happening around us. And we shouldn't assume just because it's happening in Asia, it wouldn't come to uh, to to Europe or it wouldn't come to the Americas. We always have to be ve- vigilant because th- th- there is a lot of things that um, can impact us. And um, especially if we are doing businesses with um, organizations that have regional presence in in different continents, this can impact us in the way we think, in the way we respond, in the way we actually deal with um, the whole incident. So the way I see things is that we always have to be vigilant, but we need to prepare the next generation for uh, the very same things we were preparing for, let's say, in the past 20 years.
1: I totally agree with you. I mean, I think when I started uh, in and in, in this field we were always we planned very statically uh we thought this is this is an event you respond to the event and it's over and now i see uh and we and we planned more regionally or locally but as you said things are more global now i think we have to do more global type of planning um looking at incidents you know across the globe, like you said, you know, things that happen in APAC and things that are happening in the Americas region, um, we look at that and said, oh, that won't affect us. But we see <laughs> that's not the case, <laughs> especially through this uh, pandemic. Um, I think it brought planning to the forefront. And and I think companies who were forward thinking and, and had mature plans probably withstood uh, a lot of the th- a lot of the hurdles throughout this pandemic and COVID season than other organizations who probably didn't have any plans in place um, and really suffered and struggled um, throughout the, throughout this event. And we're still going through this event. I also, I also see it as um, now we have multiple events happening at once before we would just plan for one thing. And now you have multiple events between the pandemic and outages and uh, all these things are happening, so we have to be uh, very nimble in our planning. And I and I think this generation is that type of generation, um, because of the way they've grown up, they've learned how to be more nimble or um, and be able to uh, pivot uh, easily. So I think uh, that's the thing I'm looking forward to: um, the change in our industry and how this new generation will be able to uh, meet that challenge. So. Uh, so one other question I have for you. So what, are some, what is the best career advice that you receive?
2: So you have to always show up and deliver as best as you can. Um, someone told me uh, earlier in my career, regardless of the task at hand, you have to show integrity and own up to your promises. This does not mean that you should sacrifice yourself and lose sleep over this but you should always try to deliver this can be your opportunity to progress not only professionally but also personally continue to learn and develop take every day as a new opportunity to be better than you were without being in a competition with anyone else the moment you focus on yourself and acknowledge the progress and positive things you have to achieve the moment you're grateful you will feel at peace And a few things I've learned in my journey that I would like to share with our audience is don't be afraid to speak up, learn how to say no, and treat everyone with respect regardless of their race, gender, age, or profession.
1: That is so true. I mean, you never know who you have to depend on until you have to depend on them. So when you treat people with kindness and respect, uh, more times than not, you'll get that back uh, too tenfold um, so my my final question for you uh, Melina, so if someone is is interested you know I think you've set a fire <laughs> in, in our listeners hopefully and we've kind of tweaked them to say find out more some some more information about you know business continuity what would you say the first step how should they find out more information and get involved in this industry?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think they should uh, get out there, network, connect to other professionals and like minded or diverse individuals who can inspire their development and their career or even positively influence them, um, you know, with their pool of connections. I guess young people need the confidence to make that first step. So networking is definitely uh, one of those qualities they need to develop. It can certainly be challenging and sometimes one, you know, it can be out of their comfort zone but essentially it's it's best to just seek advice from those that have been on the path they can give you even even one sentence can change the way you think of things and regardless of how small they can shape your future and build that confidence that you need to enter this field and, and again you have to be brave you have to to be proactive as well um, you shouldn't expect that things will come your way uh, even if you have the best resume or the best you know, grades at school or the best results, you know, in, in your college or university, it's still good to get out there and seek opportunities and, and get involved. You know, sometimes volunteering is amazing. It can open so many other doors and it can also broaden broaden your horizons and the way you think about things. So get out there uh, and don't be shy.
1: And for me, I know the the biggest thing that helped me the most was networking um, here in America and a lot of other places that this is not something that was taught. Um, again, I kind of fell into the position because this was, this was another task that was assigned to me and networking was pivotal in my growth. I mean, I met so many people uh, through or- different organizations. They taught me about getting my getting certified provide getting doing presentations. I think LinkedIn is a great place to go uh, to find to seek out and find um, mentors and that can help you to discuss uh, what this field is. Um, I wish I I, I wish it was around when I was (laughs) when I was coming up but uh, I would say please take full advantage of that and don't forget and you know the Resilience Think Tank is here. We are Uh, We want to encourage anyone um, who is new to the industry, who is very seasoned to the industry, uh, just to have conversations, to network within the think tank. uh, We really want to support that team of one. Um, And we also are looking to, again, help people advance in their career, um, help give advice if we can, and just be a, a, a an open uh, community for all who are interested in in this profession. Um, so, Melina, this was a pleasure. Uh, we don't always get to talk like this. I mean, we talk all the time, <laughs> but it's always <laughs> nice that we're able to actually share our you know share our stories. And I think that's how I mean that's how we 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 got introduced to each other again through networking
2: <laughs> yeah so, and that was the best part I, yes. I, I remember that day <laughs>
1: <laughs> right I was like why are the, these people coming together to talk about business continuity and all of a sudden it was it was great I mean it was the energy that we have and uh the excitement that we I mean I think everyone who is a part of the resilience think tank really has a passion for business continuity, resilience, and want to share and help. So I appreciate you. I appreciate the fact that we can work together. Um, I am looking forward to see all the great things that you will do. Um, and I'm looking forward to th- see all the great things that the resilience think tank will do. So on that note, again, thank you, Mark, for allowing us to take over your 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 podcast. It's a takeover. So, (laughs) um, and uh, we I want to thank also want to thank our other co founders, James Green, uh, Ashley Guzman, um, and Andres Bryant. Um, Again, uh, we look forward to the work that we can do for you. Uh, Feel free to find more information about myself, Melina. How can people get in touch with you?
2: People can connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm quite active there. I'm also active on Twitter. So anyone can search for my name and find me, Milena Maneva, both.
1: Perfect. And you can also, Lisa Jones, I'm also on uh, LinkedIn. So feel free to reach out to me. Um, And also reach out to us at the Resilience Think Tank. Uh, Check out our website at resiliencethinktank.com. Milena, thank you again and hope to talk to you soon. It was a pleasure, Lisa.
0: Thank Thanks. you. Well, it's a good thing I'm the executive producer of this podcast. I might find myself out of a job. I want to thank Lisa Jones and Milena Menova for taking 20 minutes or so and talking about the next generation of resilience professionals. Thanks to the Resilience Think Tank for sponsoring the Resilient Journey podcast. Next week, we have an interesting guest as I'm joined by Pete O'Dell. He's the CEO of a company called Swan Island Networks. Pete and I talk about threat monitoring and how it's appropriate to be left of boom. So join us, won't you, as we continue our resilient journey.